All right, guys, welcome to the Zenfulness Podcast. I have an awesome guest today, which is Oleg Pak. Uh, this guy is very entrepreneurial, has ran a business, um, has a background in sales and marketing, uh, actually immigrated here from Kazakhstan, and has just a, a really unique and uh, really pretty crazy story when you start to listen to him and you'll, and you'll start to know, understand why. Uh, big on self-development as well, so uh, yeah, this is going to be an awesome one, and I'm just going to start off by passing over the mic to him. Yeah. And uh, just asking you, but like, where did it all begin? Or like, like, what what is your story? Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me. First of all, cheers for that. Cheers. <laughs> Drinking some rum and coke. <laughs> A good way to start it off. Hmm. Uh, what's my story? Um, I guess like my story starts off like the interesting part starts off when I came to Canada. Mm-hmm. That's probably the biggest challenge that I've ever faced in my life. Uh, my uh, parents sent me here uh, when I was 14 years old. They didn't have any relatives, any friends. They didn't really know anyone in Canada, and they just kind of sent me off here. Um, so, like, probably the biggest challenge was uh, to just settle here, you know, and mm-hmm. um, to uh, to meet people and like to to branch out in Canada mm-hmm. without knowing the language. Because um, like you immigrated from where did you live before? I lived in Kazakhstan. So I was born in Uzbekistan. Okay. Um, Lived there until nine years old, and I uh, immigrated to Kazakhstan. Uh, lived there for five years, and then when I was fourteen, um, I was like studying in, in high school, like in grade ten, and mm-hmm. then grade eleven, and then my sister was like studying uh, English in like an English school, and then there was a there was a marketer from a boarding school from Vancouver, Canada, mm-hmm. who uh, was promoting that school from Vancouver, and she liked it. She presented it to my mom. And then just like really randomly, my mom was like, do you want to go to Vancouver? Like I didn't even know what Vancouver is. And then I quickly did a Google search what Vancouver looked like. Mm -hmm. Saw the pictures, like hell yeah. (laughs) And then four months later, uh, no, four four to six months later, you know, like the visa stuff, like had to sort it out. But uh, very, very soon I uh, ended up being in Vancouver. So you Um, went to Vancouver alone at 14? Yeah, pretty much. Oh yeah, that's... that's Yeah, uh, came to Vancouver and then uh, there was a lot of, uh, I went to boarding school. There's a lot of Kazakh guys there mm-hmm. uh, in the school and like, it's it's really weird because I ended up being in a really rich school. Me coming out of not such a rich family, like my, mm-hmm. I think like I'd, I'd classify my family as a middle class, mm-hmm. middle middle to upper class because they're running their own business. But um, yeah, like all of the people that I studied with, they were rich. They came from rich <laughs> families. Like when I when I say rich, like you know, have you ever mo- watched the movie Crazy Rich Asians? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that that, that, oh. that kind of rich, you know. So like some of the Chinese guys are driving Lamborghinis. Yeah, like, they're driving like Ferraris to school, and like, all the <laughs> teachers are jealous. And like those kids are like eighteen years old, like, yeah. seventeen year old, you know. Um, yeah, so I ended up being in that school, and then it was a it was a huge change for me because uh, first of all, I'm being in Canada. Like it's a whole different cultural environment, and second of all, I'm being like around all of those rich kids, mm-hmm. which are um, just like their lifestyle is way different than mine. Um, so when I came here, I was really struggling um, making friends in a way because um, like I was just like on a different, um, you know, like financial, mm-hmm. uh, like I was in a different social group. Mm-hmm. That, like put it all away, right? Um, even with uh, when I was hanging out with Kazakh kids, Russian kids, it was way, very, very different because those kids were like also rich, um, 
and uh, I was just coming out from, from the ordinary family, right? Like from from a from, yeah from from a family who who'd been working a lot, uh, yeah, just trying to just just trying to earn money to send their kid to to Canada and like pay off, like really really working hard to pay off the education, mm-hmm. versus some of the kids were. Uh, uh, or like literally their parents are coming over to Canada and buying apartments for them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just like literally Australia yeah, it's, buying it's apartments in Vancouver. Right? Yeah, which is which expensive. Is yeah, expensive. Vancouver apartments are crazy yep. expensive. Yep, so I was really def- definitely struggling with the uh, with making friends. Um, um, yeah, and kind of just fitting in. Like the, the fitting in part was very, very difficult um, because when I came to Canada, I came to, from, from Uzbekistan to Kazakhstan, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, me, like, like I was struggling to fit in in the Kazakh environment. And then once I fit in, like my parents like offered me to go to Canada and like I said yes to, but I didn't even like realize what, what kind of challenge I'm up to like at that, at that point. And then when I came to Vancouver, that's when I realized, hey, like my parents are across the ocean yeah. <laughs> like on the opposite side of the world all of my friends like close friends are in Kazakhstan so you literally and moved here at 14 and you knew no one like you no one at all like not even one soul I knew oh um, it's and like, like yeah how do you live alone starting like? off the blank I lived in the dorm so in I dorm, had to okay. yeah I had to like make a lot of friends um so I made I made quite a few friends um when I when I was in Bodwell uh that's the boarding school mm-hmm. Bodwell High School um and yeah, and I was I was mostly hanging around the Russian kids, right? Like Kazakh, Russian in general, mostly Kazakh because in boarding school what happens is all of the kids from different countries they group up. So mm-hmm. Chinese hang out with Chinese, Japanese hang out with Japanese, Mexican hang out with Mexican and only the uh super social ones kind of like do cross culture, mm-hmm. right? But um, so yeah, I was mostly hanging out with the with the Kazakh guys, and I was speaking Russian. So my English was really really poor. So it, like my English, I knew the grammar, but I couldn't really speak English. Um, so it's just over time, it kind of just happened um, that I that I learned how to speak. And so, yeah, ironically, I'm working in sales, hey? <laughs> where I have to sell products and like talk to people. Uh, but yeah, um, I was really struggling with making friends and uh, I was like, I spent a lot of time on my own um, at 14, which is really depressing, right? Like the teenage years, you really like, when, when you're a teenager, I feel like you're really seeking the validation, you're really seeking the connection with your peers. And uh, that time I was like spending time on my own, uh, really exploring myself and mm-hmm. uh, just understanding what I want and um, yeah, just kind of setting goals for the future and stuff. Um, so that's why I think I matured fairly quickly. So when I was like 17 or 18, like most kids, they're like thinking about like spending money about like to, to go out to party. Like at 17, 18, I was like thinking how to buy a house. Yeah. <laughs> how to buy a house, like how to move, uh, how to get a like really good job or like how to open a company that's got to be super profitable. So that's, that was my, that was my mindset then. Um, and then you eventually even started that company and had... Yeah, 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 yeah. I really believe in the law of attraction, where uh, or just like in uh, in manifestation, right? The destiny, mm-hmm. or uh, yeah. Are you familiar with the law of attraction? Uh, like kind of familiar yeah. with it. Like yeah. What What would you say? Like what exactly is that? Law of attraction is mostly uh, like I'm, I haven't really explored that field to like a really deep extent, but mm-hmm. like to uh, from what I understand it and like from what I think of it as uh, the law of attraction is mostly you um, really setting goals and visualizing it. You're visualizing the goal and just 
striving towards it, and mm-hmm. whatever happens, uh, you overcome. Like anything that is happening against it, you overcome, and every everything is happening for it. Uh, the universe sends it to you. Right. So, uh, for example, um, I w- I really wanted to be, to open my own business. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to open my own business, but I didn't really know what 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 I want to do for for a very long time because I come from an entrepreneurial family. My sister opened her own business, uh, pretty big one. Uh, my my parents they opened like a huge business that they've been running for the past 24 years. Um, and, you know, looking at my family, uh, there was an inspiration for myself and I really wanted to open something on my own, but um, I didn't really know what or where to start or how to do it. Because first of all, I couldn't really talk English. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I couldn't talk English. I, uh, I didn't have the skill set, how to hire people, how to manage people. I didn't really have the social skills neither because when I was in Kazakhstan, it was all fighting. It wasn't really like, um, like, yeah, it's just a whole different story. But um, in Kazakhstan, you typically have people who talk, people who fight, like the muscles yeah. in the group. And I was pretty much the muscles because I was the tallest guy. Uh, I was pretty skinny back then, but like still, I was pretty tall. Um, and yeah, I, I knew how to fight. <laughs> Wait, so would <laughs> yeah, you say on some level, like, because you seem like very motivated, right? And you have like mm-hmm. goals set. Like, is part of that because you moved to Canada at such a young age? Yeah. And then, like, seeing the perspective from living in Kazakhstan mm-hmm. to, like... Because I remember, like, we, we were just sitting down for, like, lunch, and you are saying, like, oh, in Canada, like, opportunity is kind of, like, everywhere. It's, like, mm-hmm. easy for you. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Ha- ha- like why why do you think it's easy for you here? Like, it's, um, uh, like, it's definitely... There are definitely a lot more opportunities here, I feel like. It's, it's not even opportunities. I feel like in Canada, people are more... Um, focused on self-development versus in Kazakhstan or uh, generally like, let's put it that way people in Canada are more empowered mm-hmm. overall people in Kazakhstan they are not empowered because of the corruption because uh, in Kazakhstan if you open a huge business like if you open a huge business the uh, the government has the power to just take it all from you okay yeah that's <laughs> not good yeah, yeah, right? yeah so like the motivation is not there to really really perform well or um yeah, it's very self-centered, and uh, you just want to make money as much as possible uh, for yourself and for your family. Mm-hmm. That's why there's a lot of corruption happening, a lot of like money stealing and all that stuff. But um, here, everything is according to the rules, and there are so many influencers that actually like show uh, how to do stuff and show like how to influence or how to like create businesses, how to earn money. And they just mentor people. The mentorship is, is huge in Canada. We're like North America overall. Um, they, uh, yeah, people in North America overall, they just show the path to success mm-hmm. and uh, allow people like us to repeat it over and over again. And, you know, they, yeah, it's, it's just a lot more opportunities in that sense. Um, but... Yeah, in, in Kazakhstan, there's still there's still quite a bit of opportunities in a way that it's not as developed as in Canada. But the uh, um, like socially, people are not as uh, they're not being mentored by the Kazakh people like mm-hmm. they're being mentored by Canadians or by like North Americans overall. Like I'm pretty sure like mentorship so, is huge. Like, why is mentorship like important to you? Um, it was important to me, like the first time that I figured out the mentorship part uh, was when I was in uh, my second year of university. Uh, 
second year of university, I uh, really wanted to open something. Like I was like super passionate. That was like that. That's the time when like it was probably the peak of my entrepreneurship. Yeah. Like I just tried to do something. Like I was like reaching out to everyone and. Um, there were a lot of speakers that come to university and then I was like going out to meet the speakers and like going out to different presentations and uh, one time I met Leighton Healy and he pretty much changed my life for like changed my life overall I think because yeah. I met up with him I met different people for, for coffee like I was inviting a lot of presenters for a cup of coffee and you know meeting people successful people in Calgary who's making a lot of money uh, talking to them and Leighton Healy just changed everything um, he was uh, the past VP of um, Vice President of College Pro. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a painting company, um, and he, um, when we met, like he just, when we met, I didn't really have a, like really, um, I wasn't really focused. I didn't really know where to start, and like he told me, he like showed me some some different things, like how you how you can like manage your time. The period of management, the, uh, the scheduling, and all of that. Like uh, he showed me how I can actually improve, and that's what I needed. And that's when I like actually understood that he's the guy that I can look up to, and that I can learn from. So I was I was learning from him, and um, one day I met with him again, just really randomly. I was I went like in a, a really random like um, was a uh, was like an activity. Yeah. Um, and Leighton was there, our entrepreneurship activity, right? Like where you have to like solve business case or something, really random. And Leighton was there, and I was like, uh, after the activity ended, I, uh, I I wanted to talk to Leighton, and he offered me to like walk and talk to his car. Mm -hmm. um, so we're like walking and talking, and he uh, he mentioned that he made seventy k uh, per uh, like in the summer, just seventy k in four months. Oh, wait, so this was when you were in university? Yeah, when I was in, in university. Your second year. Second year. Oh, everything happened in the second year. Uh, 70K in four months doing painting. <laughs> Holy crap, like, yeah. The, the <laughs> hell? Like, you can make 70K in four months? Yeah. I want to do that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he like, I like at that point, I really trusted him because he showed, like, he gave me some good advices before and we built some kind of relationship there. And uh, him being a VP of sale, a uh, VP of College Pro, like I really trusted him. And uh, at that time, he was no longer a VP. He moved on to like another entrepreneurship, like mm -hmm. another another business on his own. Um, but he introduced me to the current VP, who is Zach Johnson, another legend of College mm -hmm. Pro, like a legend. Um, and he interviewed me. Um, um, yeah, I got I got hired. To college, bro. So you started um, off painting at college. Yeah, I never painted in my life. <laughs> oh, I never, never held a brush. Yeah. Uh, and like they pitched me the idea of like me running a franchise, painting franchise, painting franchise where I don't really have to paint on my own, but I hired people that paint me, and I, uh, I managed the marketing team, I managed the painting team, I managed like pretty much I'm like uh, I managed the sole proprietorship. Oh. Um, and uh, yeah, um, I like it didn't really take me long. Like I accepted the idea. Um, I started doing painting. I really like the painting culture, like the college pro culture. Mm -hmm. College pro culture is really strong. Like so it was really friendly. Very what did you like, like about it? 
Uh, it was very competitive, it was very friendly, it was very united, you know, very strong, just like we have right now. Mm -hmm. Like, it's really, really strong. People like each other and people, like, are trying to uh, to improve each other, to better each other every single, like, in every single way. Like, whether it's painting, marketing, like, everywhere. Uh, they're trying to help each other. So, uh, I really like the culture. And the culture is probably one of the things why I, uh, I chose to do College Pro, because I have, like, some other ideas. Um, but I decided to college pro because I wanted to prove myself, um, and that's what Leighton um, kind of challenged me to do. Like if he told me, if you want to do entrepreneurship, there is nothing that you can learn in textbooks. Mm -hmm. You have to try it on your own. Um, you have to try it and just figure it out whether like it's for you or not. Uh, if you're not gonna try, like literally do something, um, you will never know. Like it's all gonna be all in theory, right? So. I, uh, I did it for first year. First year was rough. Yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of mistakes that I've done, but it was very profitable. I think I made 110K in my first year. Your first year of yeah. College Pro. Yeah, 110K wow. and then second year. So, so like, were you literally, like, so you were literally knocking doors, like, yeah, trying to sell Yeah, uh, I was knocking doors, but, like, I hated door knocking. Yeah. Uh, I hated door knocking. <laughs> oh, I hated reaching out to people. <laughs> so I actually hired people. I hired people to do it for me. Oh, okay. So and you, I so you trained them. I trained them to do it for me really, really well. Yeah, that's like that's genius. So yeah. you literally hired yeah. the people, like, train them, and then they, they knock doors for you. And yeah. this is what you're doing while you're in college. Yeah, yeah. Well, while I was <laughs> this in is yeah. yeah. And that's... we're like knocking doors, uh, trying to find clients for me. Um, all I was doing, um, I was like booking sales. Mm -hmm. yeah, just coming out to the cold calls and those are the people who weren't planning on painting uh, like some were but most of the people who weren't really planning on painting they just had like peeling garage trim or mm -hmm. uh, like peeling fence or something and then uh, the, uh, the marketers were kind of like invite, uh, offering the free estimate and I was coming out to their house and we were like trying to close the deal like on the spot mm -hmm. but um, yeah the first year my sales ratio was like uh, I think it was like 35 40%, 40%, I think that's, that's the number. Overall, like it started off with me um, closing the deal for, uh, for 5K. <laughs> that was your first deal? First deal, yeah. 5K that actually costed, I think it was actually like 2,000. Like I really oh, upsold it. I, I think I made a mistake in, in the numbers, but like I just built a really strong relationship with the client and she really trusted my numbers. And I dressed up in a suit. Like I was literally just like, I was wearing a full suit. I was wearing uh, you know, the pants, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the vest and the suit on top. You know, for your first year, and, yeah. and the jacket, yeah, I was really prepared for a painting estimate. Nobody yeah. dresses up like <laughs> that for a painting estimate. Um, so, yeah, uh, she really trusted my numbers. I uh, I ended up upselling her for 5K. Um, and yeah, like we ended up like getting it done like in two days. <laughs> so 5K in two days. And that's when I like really felt the money. And then I was like, okay, so I can actually make money with this. Um, so for the kind of the entire summer, I made 110K. Um, next year, I made another 100K. And then uh, next year, like I really didn't really do much. Wait, so like how old were you when you were going doing this? 22. So 21 when I started yeah. painting and then 22 when I, uh, it was my second year. Oh, so yes. when I did, in 21, I was really like just thrown off into the ocean, right? Like how to swim and everything. I did have coaches at College Pro and that's what College Pro is really useful for um, because they really teach you like how to run a business. Um, mm -hmm 
but they teach you if you experience some problems. So you have to like come to them. It's almost like mentorship, right? So you have mentors, you pay them a pretty good cut for them. Um, pretty good cut is I think it was like 20% or something. So like, yeah, they were making quite a bit of money. Um, but at the same time, you get like invaluable skills, like uh, how to sell, you get, you get the skills, how to run the business, how to, uh, how to hire people, how to train people, how to influence people. There's just a lot of stuff, right? Uh, that comes into running your own business. Um, so I, I went through that in my first year. I learned how to run a business. In my second year, I was putting in minimal hours. I was probably putting in like 10 hours a week. And uh, the rest of the time I was like playing games. <laughs> yeah, which was not good because yeah. I could have made so much more money. But at the same time, like I was just, uh, part of the reason why I wasn't fully invested in college pro because I, I was never passionate about trades. Like mm -hmm. my goal was to figure out how to run a company and I felt like um, I figured it out in my first year. So I shouldn't have done it in my, in my second year, I think. I should have moved on to something else. But uh, in my second year, I still did college pro because um, I thought that I'd make more money, but I ended up like spending 10 hours for work. And, like the rest of the hours were like playing games. I actually spent like, I was so embarrassed for a long time, but 600, uh, like 590 hours of playing Dota. Yeah, so, so you, <laughs> yeah, so you, you had this amount of hours, yeah. So like you had the business operating and then you, so your second year you start, you played those of the games and yeah. while your business was operating and you yep. had people out. Yep, yep. Out. I had like marketers out uh, and I had painters uh, working for me as well. And I just made painters super accountable to their work. Mm -hmm. So they were pretty much doing like more than the, uh, it's it's arguably like arguably more than they should have mm -hmm. but like I just set up expectations that they supposed to do a certain amount of workload and um, they were just doing it and it just worked out for me because they were doing a lot of the stuff that like a bit of a managerial stuff because mm -hmm. they had to uh, um, work with clients and they had to like make sure that all the conflicts are resolved and I trained them uh, which was nice on my part but um, yeah, overall, I was just lazy. I was lazy, uh, and I was uh, getting shit done in a way. You know, like see that that's what I find interesting. Yeah. Like, cause like what I hear from this is like you. Okay, so first of all, you moved to Canada when you're 14 years old, right? Like, yeah. you just moved alone from Kazakhstan. Then you like essentially like went through school on your own, like yeah. did that whole thing in Va in Vancouver, and then in Cal at the University of Calgary, you started your own business, which like. Not only that, but you were profitable in your business. Mm -hmm. Like you actually made money mm -hmm. both years. Like, where do you think that you, like, I, I don't know how to say this, but like, how do you get like so serious? Like, it's kind of like your level of maturity mm -hmm. is like pretty high for someone at such a young age. Yeah. Like, wh why do you think you have that? Yeah, I feel like everyone should experience living away from their parents. Um, me living away uh, from parents at fourteen years old, like living, not a, not even away, but like literally in from in a different continent. <laughs> like in the dip, like on another side of the world and really really being confident and really being independent and really relying on myself rather than my parents and like from day one when I came here uh, when I was 14 I was I was in a mindset you know I came from a um, from a really like working-class family mm -hmm. um, and I felt like I'm responsible for them I felt like I'm like I'm I'm destined for greatness. I'm des destined for something huge, something really important, and I have to take care of my family when I was 14 years old, right? So when you're 14, um, 
And that's part of the reason why I was like really left out and like re was really struggling to fit in because all of the guys, all of the Irish kids, they were like partying like crazy. Yeah. Um, and I was like trying to figure out how to make money, uh, to make money and how to, you know, uh, survive on my own without like asking for my parents' money. Um, and me being an international student, you're also not allowed to work when you're like 14, 15. Yeah. <laughs> you're way too young for that. Um, so yeah, I was like, yeah, I, just, I was selling some stuff to to my uh, to 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 my classmates, and I was doing some essays for them. Like it's just yeah, just interesting. So like the idea of being away from your parents, that kind of made you be like, okay, I have to rely more on myself now. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh, okay. And yeah. then that's how you like developed that. Like you just like so. Another question I have for you too is like, where do you get that? Like, how do you stay motivated? Like, what what keeps you like driven? Mm-hmm. I was actually pretty depressed when I uh, I, I left college, bro. When I left the uh, entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. um, when I closed down the company, I didn't really know. There was just when I was running the company, there was a lot on my plate, and there was a lot like there were people dependent on me. And then when I closed it, I just like I just didn't know what to do. Like I like I had so much free time on my own, mm-hmm. so I just didn't know like what to do. Um, so I definitely got lost and I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs experience that as well when they close down the business and they kind of like, they were, uh, they hit the goal, um, like their personal goal and they just don't know what to do else. Like, well, what else to do? What's, what's the next step? And I didn't have a plan, like, well, what else to do? Um, other than school, right? Like I have to, I have to graduate from university because um, I need to get my PR. Um, you know, just to settle in Canada, get my citizenship and all that stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, I, w- I was pretty depressed for like a year. And this year, I just kind of started like gaining the, uh, um, yeah, getting the motivation back and, you know, um, like started like uh, meeting, meeting, meeting people that are uh, really motivated. I think, I think it's a lot about the social circle. Um, when your social circle is super motivated and when your friends are very successful, I think that's, that's what really pushes you. And uh, when you're lacking the connection with people, um, that's when like, you just started like, going... Yeah, drifting. Yeah, yeah drift, drif- drifting apart from like, the, uh, the society overall, like, from your friends, mm-hmm. uh, and just yeah, getting depressed in a way. So, um, yeah, the, uh, the motivational part for me at the moment is my family. Uh, yeah, my parents are hard workers. My parents are, yeah, it's ridiculous. My, my parents are, I don't want to say they're old. I think they are like, they're not young, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I'll, just, I'll just say they're not young. Yeah. <laughs> my mom is like, uh, I don't know, 50. Like she started, she's going to turn 50 next year and then my dad is going to, he is 54. Uh, yesterday, yeah, fifty-four yesterday, and um, uh, happy birthday, Joe. Yeah, thank you. And um, they're working eighteen hours a day. Oh wait, that's insane! It's crazy, eighteen <laughs> hours a day, and they only have one weekend, yeah, which is work in a way. Because on that one weekend on Monday, they are like doing some errands, like being tired by the day, and then they are, uh, um, yeah, they're literally sleeping for six hours a day. Uh, and they're working the rest of the hours and um, like the amount of money they're pulling off in Kazakhstan are pretty impressive as well um, mm-hmm. for Kazakhstan they're pretty much like 
pulling the income that you'd pull in Canada in Kazakhstan. Oh, which is like compared, which is comparably very, very, very good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, they're definitely the biggest motivation for me because um, uh, you know, you, like sometimes you like start thinking like, you know, like you definitely. You, you value the family like I'm I'm really family oriented guy so definitely like these these are my mom my dad my sister and her family is definitely the people that I would definitely take a bullet for mm-hmm. and um, you know like in the context of taking a bullet I can I can word it in a way that you know I'll work hard I'll work hard and I'll sacrifice my own personal time and you know just work super hard in order for them to be financially stable and financially um, well off like and my mom is she has like really high standards for like for well off yeah. part um so she needs a lot of money <laughs> to consider herself well off <laughs> so um yeah that that's the part where the the that really drives me and that like if i if i could provide for my family uh which means like me earning me not only become a millionaire like but multi-millionaire um to provide for my family uh that's that's the part that, that really 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 drives me and um, well i think that's rare too like i think a lot of people like for someone to say like oh i want to be a millionaire like i'm really driven like that mm-hmm. i think it's like it's really rare to meet someone who's mm-hmm. like that yeah right like I, like I, what i want to know is like where do you like ha- like I guess, like you got, you have that drive from your from your family, mm-hmm. right? Like that's like it's it's it's, it's, it's like inspirational to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have the drive from my family, and also um, I watch a lot of the influencers, right? Like um, Gary Vee, shout out to Gary Vee. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, I think uh, not even Gary Vee. I think there was someone else, but I, I watch a lot of influencers, right? Like on Instagram and YouTube, and mm-hmm. you know, just trying to surround myself. If not in person, I, I have a lot of entrepreneurial friends in person, but also mm-hmm. uh, I watch a lot of YouTubers. Uh, I think they definitely influence my life um, because they're super successful and they are literally influencers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they influence my life so much. So um, um, yeah, a lot, a lot of the people I think I've heard that. Uh, you should look at your life as in if it's a movie. So if you haven't made it yet, uh, you should look at your at your life as in you're in progress, as in uh, you know like uh, as in you're part of the movie and like somebody's filming you. Yeah, I, I love that. That's yeah. Like... So uh, yeah, that's the part that really drives me. And then sometimes like when I wake up in the morning, I uh, I imagine like I'm like I, I practice gratitude. Me being really grateful for my parents and like for everything they've done, like me living in this sick apartment, like yeah. in Calgary, like in downtown, working in, in software company, which is pretty cool, um, and also me picturing, like just picturing that this is all part of the movie, part of the bio, like documentary of myself becoming really, really successful in the future. So, so you're essentially like you do a lot of like visualization. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So this apartment over there. Yeah. I cost eighteen. Uh, I think ten, ten, between ten and eighteen million. I, I forgot the price. I'm pretty drunk at this point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, every single every single time I look at it, I imagine me being there, owning this apartment. It's a two story apartment. apartment. Uh, it's a it's a penthouse. Uh, yeah. So right now we're looking at a we're looking across at another apartment. There's like a. Yeah top story big massive apartment building yeah. i think it's on the 50th floor or like 60th floor or something it's mm-hmm. pretty high up 
And it's this two-story apartment, uh, all windows, right? Um, and you have a massive view, of, like panorama view of downtown. That's where I, where I see myself living in, like, in the next 10 years or so. Um, and, yeah, whenever I look at it, um, yeah, I just visualize me being inside of this apartment, you know, coming out with a cup of coffee and, like, looking at the entire view of downtown and, like, I literally just close my eyes and look at the entire downtown from that view. Yeah. Um, which is really inspiring and humbling. Um, and, yeah, that that definitely drives me. So, it kind of drives me crazy. So, like, what would you say is, if you, if you were to break it down, let's say there's, like, a kid listening out there who's, like, 14, right? Mm-hmm. Or 14, 15 years old. Like, what would you say is, like, the biggest key to your success, if you could go back? Um, you said 14, 15 years old? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like, like, in Canada, there's so many, there's so many kids who are super rich. Like, um, but being, being rich is not really a goal, right? Like, yeah. it's, uh, uh, I've been talking to a friend of mine, um, very recently it's all about the connection right um like it's all about being happy there are so many people who are rich but they're not really happy Mm -hmm. yeah i would rather be happy than being rich um but i definitely know that i can be rich and happy at the same time yeah so uh like for for the kids i guess like them not really understanding the uh a lot of the kids who are like 14 15 or just teenagers overall don't really fully understand the friendship part uh don't really understand um kind of the goals like where they want to go in life uh, what they want to do like in their life so I think enjoying their life to the fullest I think this is the most important part for them and um, yeah if if their goal is to create their own company um, when like if, if there's a 14 year old or 15 year old who's like listening and who wants to open their own company they just gotta do it there's nothing they have to, there's literally nothing they can study Mm-hmm. Um, there's just so much like right now we're living in 21st century it's 2019 there's so much available in Google YouTube and they can literally open something on their own they can like start doing YouTube start like doing um, yeah like start, start creating content start like doing drop shipping like there's just so many opportunities available in the market mm-hmm. um, and I literally know people so I'm speaking I'm talking YouTube and drop shipping I know people that are successful in that area um, and that's like part of the reason why I want to go there as well um, yeah they're so successful that anyone could do it Especially the teenagers, because they are in high school. There's so much, uh, there's so much that, that like an average teenager is experiencing daily, and mm-hmm. if they share it to the world, it's definitely valuable. Like it's very valuable. Like um, a lot of people, I'd be interested in listening. I'd be interested in like you know watching the video, mm-hmm. uh, what an average teenager is like experiencing today, or you know like going to classes. Yeah. Well, what was interesting today? Like I went to high school. Yeah, just like your your type of style. Yeah. Yeah, videos. I went to high school like for the past week. Like what 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 I can learn from it, or you know, like so that, that, that type of just stuff. like putting yourself out. Yeah, putting yeah, like, putting yourself out, and if you have an audience, if you have an audience of say like I don't know forty k for like even like ten ten thousand people who are like super loyal to you. So say you have hundred k audience on 
either YouTube or Instagram or whatever, like any channel. Uh, but 10,000 people are like super loyal to you and they, uh, they really fuck with you like on a personal level. Mm-hmm. You can just, I don't know, drop a t-shirt. Yeah. Drop a t-shirt, drop something. Like drop a t-shirt for 10, 10 bucks, that gonna, that's going to be 100K. 10 bucks, 10,000 followers, 100K. Yeah, 100K real quick, like no time, right? It's, it's just so much money and you're going to be well off. Like I feel like we are really moving or we are at the, um, at the stage where um, influencers are uh, like the uh, uh, content creators, not the influencers, and content creators are really valuable in this world because from a marketing standpoint, because I'm coming from a marketing background, is the, like content creators are the best people to, uh, uh, to, uh, to advertise with because people trust them and if you have a really good product and people like the influencers like really, really, uh, really, really like it, then um, you can make a lot of sales and on the influencers part, uh, if you really like the product um, and you advertise it, it's kind of like a, literally it's a win-win on the influencers and the company side um, because influencers like to promote it because they know that it's actually useful mm-hmm. and uh, on the company side, like companies making a lot of sales from that and influences get it paid a lot yeah so then yeah it's, it's a win-win on both sides it's a win-win yeah. like literally everywhere not every single aspect of it yeah yeah so like yeah like i guess uh well, like i just want to like honor you for like coming on the podcast i think it's like this is like a really motivational one for me like your story from like kazakhstan to running your own business to here mm-hmm. uh, i just have like two more questions for you but the first question is uh where can people find you on social media <laughs> Yeah. Um, what's the best place places to contact you? Like your either your Instagram or yeah. Twitter or anything else? Yeah, my Instagram is uh, at will dot o dot park, um, and I don't really have a Twitter. I should okay. probably open that account. Twitter is pretty popular, <laughs> but I'm mostly on Instagram. Uh, it's at will double l dot o dot park. Okay, sweet. And then I guess the last question is, uh, what is what does the word potential mean to you? Potential. Um, interesting question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Potential. Hmm. Potential means uncertain, I think, to me. Uh, potential means uncertain because, um, yeah, there's a lot of things that are potential. There's a lot of things that we can plan for, that we can hope for, but we can actually do something. Like I think, uh, like executing is uh, like the, the the best skill that anyone could have. Executing, and when you execute something, there is no potential. There is mm-hmm. a will do, or like it will happen. Uh, but potential is a bit uncertain. I think it goes into like being a bit not confident in like your own goals or like achieving something. So um, yeah, I really like when people are really certain and um, when I'm personally, like if I'm trying to achieve something, I don't really like uncertainty. I, I like I like thinking or like feeling that this is going keep. to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even like me living in that penthouse, it's pretty, I think it's pretty unreasonable at this point right now. <laughs> yeah, but like <laughs> but because you visualize it. Because I visualize it because I'm so confident, like I'm pretty confident I'm gonna be there. Yeah, like, I have no doubt you're going to be there. Yeah, like, I'm pretty confident I'm going to be there. Because I visualize it, and it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. 
and I'm like doing doing like I'm actually doing stuff to get there mm-hmm. as well. So I'm pretty sure that I'm going to happen. Yeah, there's no potentially being there. There is, I will be there. I'm looking out from the window and looking at that view. You know, it's all like almost in the present. Mm-hmm. I, know, I like that. Well, thanks so much, Oleg. There you have it, guys. You got Oleg Pack on the podcast. <laughs> and uh, yeah, this, this guy is definitely like just really success oriented, had like a insane life from Kazakhstan to Canada to building his own business and, and just venturing out and he's going to do more than this. And um, yeah, I guess uh, we'll see you on another episode of the Zenfluence Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> All right, cheers for that. Ha, ha, ha.